You're listening to the Goal Line Stand Podcast with Jackson Caudell and Kobe Reed, where we break down all things college football, including breaking news, recruiting, gameplay, and more. Let's get straight to it. Welcome back to another episode of the Goal Line Stand. This is Jackson Caldwell. That is Kobe Reed. We're going to have a, a big episode today talking about the playoff rankings and reaction and, of course, Brian Harson being fired at Auburn. And then in a later episode that will be releasing this week, the big matchups, Tennessee, Georgia, LSU, Bama. We're going to be previewing, picking them all. It's going to be a, a jam-packed couple episodes. But, Kobe, how are you doing, man? It's game week for you again. You got last week off. You know, it, it, it was had to be a good feeling, and now you're getting into the final stretch of the season. You feeling good? Feels good, man. I mean, we finally got the college football playoff rankings. We're going to dig into that. Uh, only good thing that came out of it for me personally, LSU at number 10. So whenever we win this weekend, you know, that looks good on Bama's resume. So it's going to be real interesting, man. We got a jam-packed episode. I'm ready to get into it. Yes, sir. So I guess let's uh, – we'll, we'll start with the rankings, and then we'll get into some Auburn talk. So me and you were talking before the show, and I, I've kind of held this long – Hell belief the committee only cares about the first 12 or so teams maybe top 10 the rest of it's just justifying what they did and when when espn shows the rankings starting at the bottom and then going up top you can kind of formulate well okay what's going to happen as soon as i saw syracuse at 20 wake forest nc state all in a row i was like clemson's gonna be number four and that's what happened i mean the top four Tennessee, number one, Ohio State, number two, Georgia, number three, Clemson, four, and then the first two out, what they like to do, Michigan and Alabama. Um, I think the thing most people were surprised – the three things I think most people were a little surprised at, at least in, you know, the the, the, the things I saw on social media and whatnot. Clemson being at four surprised some people, not so much me. Alabama being above TCU surprised some people. I'm kind of in the middle with that. Like, I get it, but I don't have a problem with it. Um and then LSU being in the in the top ten, which I probably have the most problem with. Um, but take it wherever you want to go. What was your reaction when you saw the top twenty five last night? Um, yeah, I was on the other side of the fence. I I really thought they would have had Michigan right there at four. Um, but then again, I understand they wouldn't want to put two SEC teams and then two Big Ten teams in the top four. Uh, I understand that. And then also, yeah, the. Alabama being over TCU, and I, I don't want to sound like a Alabama homer in any way, but TCU, if you look at what they've done this year compared to Bama, I mean, Bama squeaked by uh, Texas, squeaked by A&M, and all honesty, came down to a, a, a last-minute drive. Um, Tennessee, I mean, that was a uh, – in my eyes, that was a bad loss for Bama because just the manner they lost, missing the field goal, 130 penalty yards – um, just, I would have had TCU at six, um, mainly because I love adding fuel to the fire. So Alabama guys can be motivated, you know, but just out of respect for TCU, I think they should, they really had a legitimate case to at least be six, um, LSU at 10 and Ole Miss at 11. I don't know how they determine that. Um, especially Ole Miss just, I don't, I don't know how they determine it. I wouldn't say it's SEC bias because I do think Ole Miss would beat a, a lot of teams that are ranked, if I'm being honest, after outside of the top 10. 
but still, I, I'm not sure I would have put them at 11. No, and, and like another thing that I had an issue with is like, why is UCLA behind USC? Yep. Like at UCLA beat the team that beat USC. And that was another thing. Once I saw Oregon State at 23, and like obviously, like Oregon State's been one of my teams this year. I'm glad to see them ranked, but I was like, okay, USC's definitely top 10 because that's their only good win. So I was like, they're, they're putting you Oregon State at the bottom there so they can justify USC being ranked pretty highly. And not that USC's not good. Like, I, they're just, they haven't done anything. Like, I, I like, honestly, tell me what's the difference between USC and North Carolina? Those are two so similar teams, in my opinion. I don't know. William Heisman contender. I still have USC over North Carolina. So. I would too, but like they're like, did you see USC Arizona this past weekend? Like that was not an easy game for USC. Like Arizona was putting points on them, and that, that's been the main thing is North Carolina's defense stinks too, just like USC's, and both are led by superstar quarterbacks on big time offenses. Now, when USC is fully healthy. I think they they have a top five offense in the country. Like I do think the depth of their receiver group, and I think their offensive line is a good deal better than North Carolina's. But I don't know. I just when I I think of two teams in my head, and at least similar in style, I always think of those two. But yeah, I mean, it, what what were you saying? I guess it's just yeah. The thing with that though is, I know we we say every given Saturday. I understand that. Teams and where they are at now are not the same teams that you saw last week or in week one. Each given weekend, it is a different version of a team because they prepare different, they play different, they play different levels of competition. But I think what really goes into this playoff committee, and I hope, because it does make sense, you got to take their season in totality. You can't just take what they did last week. You know what I'm saying? So you look back on it, yeah, USC maybe struggled with Arizona, North Carolina struggled with App State. We can't forget that. Yeah. So I think you got to look at their seasons in totality and what they've done, not just what they did the previous week. And that's why I think that USC would be that much higher than a North Carolina. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm not advocating North Carolina being ranked higher, but I guess it's just in terms of overall overall profile. Yeah. Neither one of them have beaten anybody. Both both have great offenses. Both have uh, not great defenses, to say the least, but. So that was going to bring me to my next question. So a lot a lot of times like people talk about well who can come who, who can make a run because you know obviously you remember probably as good as anybody Ohio State ranked that what were they 14th, 15th, 16th, something like that in, in the first ever playoff rankings. They come all the way, got in the top 4, won the national championship. Yeah. Um I think it was the next year Oklahoma started out like 14 or 15 yeah. and they got all the way in there, lost to Clemson in the semifinal. We hadn't really seen a run like that since. Um, generally, it's been uh, in in the top. Uh, generally, in the top six. So I think I, I read something or heard something yesterday. Like outside of Mississippi State and some the other team ranked in number one in twenty fourteen and fifteen, the t- two top teams in the initial rankings have always made the playoffs. So Tennessee and Ohio State are already in the playoffs. Right. There has only been one team that was ranked number one in the initial playoffs that actually ended up winning the whole thing, and that was 2020 Alabama. Yeah, and, I mean, that was one of the greatest teams we've ever seen. So, um, I guess looking at the rankings, what's a team you think that has a chance to possibly come up from outside of maybe the top ten or – yeah, I'll say out of the top eight, top ten – come up from the pack and has a realistic shot at maybe making the playoff. Cause like, I'll give you my two answers cause I'm tied with them. 
it is North Carolina, and it's Illinois. And it's just because of the Illinois more so than North Carolina. They have a bad loss to Indiana. Like there's no sugar coating that, but it's what's if Indiana or if Illinois run the table. And again, I'm not saying this is going to happen. Just you know, just Utah like as a team outside of the top ten that has zero shot because they got two losses and they don't have. They play Oregon and they could win a Pac-12 title, but you lost to Florida. That, that that doesn't look good right now. And you have another loss to UCLA in which, I mean, I think UCLA won the game by double digits. But yeah. Illinois does play Michigan here in a few weeks. That would be a great win if they win that one. And then they would have a chance to win the Big Ten Championship either in a rematch with Michigan or beating a top two Ohio State team. Yeah. Um, if they did that, like Indiana lost, be damned. They're getting in. Like that, there's no doubt about it. North Carolina would have a more tricky path to me. Because I just don't think they can be dominant enough with that defense. I, like they'll put points on anybody. They need Clemson to keep winning. They Clemson has to stay in that top four or five range. So if North Carolina beat them, then maybe you're looking at the twelve and one North Carolina team. Um, and they also need Notre Dame to kind of win a little bit too. Um, to, to maybe finish at eight and four, where that loss doesn't look just so terrible. But North Carolina would definitely need help. Illinois is a team I think that literally controls its own destiny. Well. I mean, honestly, a team, they're ranked higher than we thought they would be. But if we're talking like teams that have a very, very, very small margin of making this happen, LSU. I mean, yeah. two loss, but if they handle business at home against Bama and then they end up playing, uh, who they play with the rivalry? Is it A&M? Yeah, they still I, – I, I know they oh, got – Arkansas? It might be Ar- – no, it's Arkansas, I think. Arkansas, because I think that's their main uh, schedule. Alabama, yeah. Arkansas, UAB, Texas A&M. Yeah, so they still have Bama this weekend. Then they play Arkansas. If they get a rematch against Tennessee, and this is and this all banks on Tennessee beating Georgia this weekend. We'll get in that uh, in a, at a later point. If Tennessee beats Georgia and then Tennessee and LSU rematch in the SEC championship – and LSU beats Tennessee, I don't see how you keep LSU out. Because I, if it comes down to most deserving, LSU, if we're being quite honest, they're on the trajectory of being the most improved team since week one. Because week yeah. one, they struggled against Florida State. Honestly, I still don't think that they've made that much progress as a team. But I think Jaden Daniels has gotten that much better. I mean, and it's, it's affected yeah. the team. Because so, what did we say in our in our big preview overall season? Like LSU has a lot of talent, especially at receiver and especially on the defensive line. We didn't trust the quarterback situation. We didn't we didn't even know who was going to start at quarterback, and neither one of us were big Jaden Daniels guys either. So now that he's made that improvement, and we're going to see how much he's improved. Like I, he has improved. Like don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking the guy, but this is the like you got to beat Bama. You, you have to beat Alabama and. They they need to look good in those other wins. Like if they, they obviously they don't have to blood bam out. Just getting a win over them would help. But like you need to look good against Arkansas and Texas A and M and UAB. You don't need to go out there and struggle and fight for your life because there's scenarios I could see them being left out. Because okay, let's say um, Ohio State or Michigan's undefeated. They're obviously in. TCU undefeated would be in over them. Clemson undefeated is in over them. Then to me it comes down to a possible one loss Pac-12 champ versus a two loss SEC champ LSU. And I think LSU gets the nod probably, but I don't think – I don't, especially if it's maybe Oregon, um, but just because of their loss to Georgia. But um, that that's the most interesting scenario to me because I do believe it. But I think to me, 
it's just hard to see two lost teams. I've just we've never. I don't think we've ever seen that, have we? That's one of the few things we hadn't seen in the playoff. We've never seen a two lost team get in. I, we were close. I know that one year that Auburn nearly made it, um, and we'll get to them in a minute. But um, you know, they got into the SEC title game with losses to Clemson and I think LSU, and then lost to Georgia, and then Georgia got in and lost to Alabama in the championship game. But uh, any more big picture thoughts? Anybody you thought was missing completely from the rankings? Anybody you thought was ranked sh- that shouldn't be ranked? Um, anything um, playoff rankings? I'm very, very interested in what went into having Texas and NC State ranked. I know why. <laughs> Go ahead and tell me. Lay it on me. Well, we we talked about it. That was the lead into the show. They what they do at the bottom is just is how they justify what they do at the top. NC State is ranked, so Clemson could be four. Yes. Texas is ranked, so Bama can be ahead of TCU. That's why. But that's the whole that's the whole point. Yeah, because I mean, if you're looking at these teams in totality, they just don't look like top twenty five teams. Um, but also, whenever you get into that area, it, it gets really really shady because who do you replace them with? You know what I'm saying? Like definitively, who do you replace them with? Florida state. I think Florida state's better team than Texas. Really? On a neutral side field. They beat it. They got a top 10 win apparently against LSU. I mean, (laughs) yeah. Like who's, who's Texas beaten? Yeah. I mean, like I'm trying to think of their best win. Yeah. That's Uh, true. Like I, I like, I guess Oklahoma and how they did it, but I mean, like Dylan Gabriel was out, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Texas, but I, I, like I think Texas is a really good team on paper, but like what you do matters. Like I, I know we we also did our they, power. their sin, their season has been hindered because of the Quinn Ewers injury, and that's I will say that, and that messed up a lot of momentum. Yeah, and and I I agree with you, like because you can make an argument if Ewers doesn't get hurt, they maybe they beat they Bama. Could beat Bama. I mean, I, they, they be probably beat Texas it. Tech because they should beat Texas Tech with Hudson Card, but that was besides the point. I mean, you know, they, Ewers looked awful against Oklahoma State, but you know yeah. that was. I mean, I'm not advocating for Florida State necessarily to be ranked, but I think they're better than UCF. I think they're better than Texas. Yeah, I I think they should be ranked over Texas. I, I think Texas on a neutral field might beat. Florida State, but um, if you're looking for a team, that, I mean, Louisville, I mean, they're five and three now. They just blew out Wake Forest, who's a top 20 team. Florida State beat them. Um, but you know, obviously, you know, I've been an advocate for Florida State all season. I've loved Mike Norvell. I've made it very adamant on the show. Jackson, on the other hand, has been the biggest believer of the Oregon State Beavers. Yes. Thank Where, you. What, what if they play tomorrow on a neutral site field? Who do you think wins that game? Oh, Florida State for sure. Oregon State should be ranked. Yeah. I, I, I'll admit it. Like I love seeing them just because like it, it makes me feel smart. But yeah. like it, they hadn't beaten anybody. But on the other hand, like they've beaten who they should have beaten. They've lost to teams they probably should have lost to. Like yeah. their skin just played out almost exactly how um, I thought it would. Honestly, um, the Boise State win like. Because Boise State was a mess at the start of the season before they fired their offensive coordinator. Like that game might be a little bit more interesting now, but you know can't take that back now. But yeah, I, I do get your point. I didn't think Oregon State should be ranked. I, that's yeah. once I saw them ranked, I knew they were going to USC was going to be in front of maybe somebody they shouldn't because yeah. Oregon that's their that's USC's only good win. Yeah. Um. But anything else? I guess Group of Five 
we'll, we'll hit the group of five teams. There's only two group of five teams ranked. Tulane at 19, who I've, I've been saying for the past few weeks is the best group of five team, I think, right now. Um, and then UCF at 25. They just beat a fraudulent Cincinnati team. I don't know why UCF's ranked. I don't think UCF's that good. Yeah. I, th- those words, I could eat those words here soon, but I, I re- Cincinnati is not a, a great football team. So just now that we're at the end of this playoff talk, so to speak, big picture, do you think the initial top four teams, how many of those teams make the playoffs? Between Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State, Tennessee, how many of those teams make it? Three. The winner of Tennessee, like we'll we'll get to I'll I'll make a broader point on this in our game previews. The winner of Tennessee and Georgia is going to the playoff. Yeah. Unless unless something weird happens, like maybe Mississippi State or I, I can't even get that out of my mouth. Like Mississippi State or Kentucky's not beating Georgia. Like, yeah, that's not going to happen. And then Tennessee's got Missouri. I, I think they have Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. That's not happening. The winner of this game, as long as they don't lose a game they shouldn't, is going to the college football playoff. Yeah, I'm still. I still think Ohio State is the best team in the country. I would have ranked. I probably would ranked Tennessee number one. They've got the best win. Also, LSU is a top ten team apparently, so they blew them out in LSU. So that's another great win for them. Um, but again, I still think Ohio State is the best team in the country personally. So I like them. I, I don't know who beats Clemson on their schedule. Like North Carolina can, but I, I don't trust anybody else in the regular season. So I think three out of those teams make play. What about you? So the way I see it is just. I think Clemson make makes it just off of circumstantial reasons, just because like everything you said, I don't see anybody on the rest of their schedule that can beat them. And honestly, if they lined up against North Carolina today, I think Clemson dog walks them. I don't even think it's close. Do they have the capability and the offensive firepower to beat Clemson? Yes, I think North Carolina is capable, but I just the way the ACC has played out. There's just nobody on the on the other side of that conference that can just challenge Clemson like that. And I think, like, I won't get in like conspiracy theories or anything, but I, I do think brand matters to these committee members. Like, I think being a name brand matters. Clemson's built up enough equity over the past few yeah. years. If there was anybody else, an undefeated ACC champion with maybe their schedule, like if it was Wake Forest or if it was like Pitt or somebody that, that doesn't have that that equity that, that Clemson does, I think we'd be talking about them. Even if they get undefeated, do they make it? Clemson's undefeated, they're in. Like that's yeah. dry. They, they will be in. I guarantee it. And another thing too is, and I hate saying this, Georgia, Georgia or Tennessee won't make it. Both of them will not make it. No. There's just no way. Unless that, like, obviously you have to preface this by saying, um, unless there's some kind of like nuclear chaos that just something we. The the Pac 12 and Big 12 would have to implode because I'm telling you, if one of those teams, TCU could be an undefeated conference champion, no matter what happens. Alabama wins the SEC, Georgia wins the SEC, Michigan wins the Big 10, doesn't matter. TCU wins out there in. Like, I don't care how they do it, they did it. TCU's in. You still have UCLA. You still have Oregon. You still have USC. Those are three teams that could be one loss Pac 12 champions against, honestly, a Pac 12 that's honestly pretty good. If you're looking at the, the upper echelon of teams, you still got teams like Utah in there. So 
I just don't see a way that Tennessee and Georgia both get in because if Alabama wins out, one of them's going to have to play Bama again. And mm-hmm. if we're being honest with you, I like Bama's chances against either of them in Atlanta. Now, I'm going to pick Bama over both of them right now. And I know that sounds crazy because Tennessee beat them. It's going to be on it. We're not in Knoxville no more. Yes. So it's going to be in Atlanta. Like Alabama thrives in Atlanta. It's hard to beat a team twice. It just exactly. is. And, you, and if you're Tennessee, you don't want to play Bama twice. And if you're Georgia and you s- manage to scrape past Tennessee, I mean, I think either way, Alabama has motive to beat both of those teams. And I think they can. And I mean, I saw there there was quite a few Georgia fans, I think, upset that they were number three. But, like, yes, when you when you struggle Georgia, against Kent State, when you struggle against Missouri, come on now. That doesn't look good. That, Versus a Tennessee team that has the, blown the doors off of everybody. Yeah, like, they have one of the two best wins in the country. I think Tennessee's win over Bama is the best. Georgia's demolition of Oregon is probably the second best win in the country. After that, I don't know what at, Georgia's done. At this point. Right. Yeah. True. Yeah. I mean, they struggled with Kent State. They sh- and again, that game was never in doubt. But it's just like it's Kent State. It didn't look good. It didn't point, look they, dominant. They didn't look. They struggled against Missouri. You exactly. know that game. It wasn't in doubt for me. It may have been for some people. I never really thought Missouri had a chance. But I don't want to get into that whole discussion again. But there was at times against Florida. They they just looked sloppy. Like they, yeah. they now that again the game was never in doubt. But you're just kind of like. They're kind of playing with their food a little too much here. And then this is going to be a huge test this weekend. I mean, it's, yeah. it's huge. So it's just you can't convince me that both of them make the playoffs. One of them will miss. Yeah, and I've said this. That's why this game's so big. I think a playoff spot's on the line. Yeah. And if we're being honest, if Ohio State loses, they won't get in. No, the, the, the loser, the Ohio State Michigan game's out. Exactly. So it's just hard for me to sit there and say three of those initial top four teams can make it because there's so much that can happen. And God forbid, everybody's been arguing for years with the sport needs parity. There's more parity right now in the sport than there ever has been. You got three teams out in the Pac-12 that could easily make it. You have two, you have one team that could definitely make it in the Big 12. And then you got two, maybe two or three teams behind them that could possibly make a run. And then you got three teams in the SEC that can make it. It's just hard for me, it's hard for me to believe that three out of the top four initial teams are going to be the ones that are still in it. Yeah, and you know we'll we'll be here next week talking about the new rankings. It's a great debating point. At the end of the day, the final four is what matters. Like where these teams are right now doesn't materially matter. It's it's a it's a great discussion point. But I guess we'll transition from that and the other big news this week. Um, the the worst kept secret in in college football. Brian yeah. Harson's getting fired. We talked about it every week. Well, is this is this the weekend? Is this the weekend? Hey, is Brian Harson getting fired this weekend? Well, they got a new athletic director, and literally ten minutes after he's hired, Brian Harson got fired. Um, if you would if you would have told me though that Brian Harson outlasted Scott Frost this long, I wouldn't have believed you. Like I would have thought yeah, Brian Harson. I would have thought Brian Harson would have been gone before Scott Frost at Nebraska. The only reason I said no is because when you're trying to hire an AD, you don't really want to do anything with the coach yet. I, so I, I, I do see what you're saying. Yeah. and it, It's surprising, but this was just – I've always – and I still – it sounds weird to say it now. I still think Brian Harson's a good football coach. I really exactly. do. I, I just I, – 
that that was never Auburn is just a hard job, especially when they weren't bought in to you from the jump. Right. And it's just uh, when he got there and his he he had never worked in in the southeast before. And like I'll say this, I I don't think you necessarily have to because people will forget this. Urban Meyer had no SEC or southeast experience when he got to Florida. He was a Notre Dame and Utah guy like that. That's not and he but he knows what to do. Like he yeah. he knows what to do. Harson didn't. Harson had no idea. Well, what also, Harson wasn't even there for signing day. Right. Auburn went into signing day without a head coach, so like he all was already uh, behind the eight ball whenever he got hired. Yeah, and then it it was just the fact that he never got he never got any traction recruiting. I mean, I, I read a piece that you know there was high school coaches that said they never saw him in the state of Alabama. That man, that ain't gonna work. Like it's just yeah. you have to be able to recruit at Auburn. Um, I'll, I'll 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 hit on Harson first. Like it's such a forgettable tenure. I think the most memorable thing was it's weird to say he almost had Alabama in the only game he ever played. He had to go to four overtimes with Alabama. Like that's the <laughs> only claim of fame he has. Hang the banner. Like well, it was they. I think they started six and two last year, didn't they? Because they were low key yeah. kind of decent at one point. You know, they had a close loss on the road to Penn State. Um. And then they just fell they off in the middle of the season. Yeah, and then they had that weird loss to South Carolina last year, which yeah. was just not a good look. They they beat old. They were one of the. They, they were the only team besides Alabama to beat Ole Miss last year, which was weird. Um, I don't know. I, I if I'm but also, do you remember they got into a dog fight and TJ Finley had to bail them out against Georgia State last year? Yes, I do remember that. That yeah. was um something. Uh, I, man, I forgot all about that until you brought it up. I'm telling you, bro. Like, it's been a very weird, like, tenure for Harson at Auburn. Like, it's, it, it was so short, but it feels like a lot happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, it just feels like so much went on. Um, I'll hit on Harson first before we get to potential candidates we think could be in the mix here. Um, if I was like Colorado, I'm trying to hire him immediately. Yeah. Man, like, there's Colorado, I think, is the worst available power five job. Um, what about like a, a Arizona state? That's another one. I could see yeah. that if I was him though, the only thing that I don't know where to rank Arizona state in, like if, if there was no concerns with Arizona state, yeah, I think it's a better job than Georgia tech and Colorado. You might have some major NCAA sanctions coming because of the recruiting violations. We don't know what's happening with that. Also the future of the pac 12 is in, it's 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 nobody knows like uh, the big 12 just got its media right deal done with fox and espn so they're they're going to be around for a while which is good for them but pac 12 we don't know what's going to happen there so um yeah i think that just makes arizona state a tough job to look at um and i could see he, him not wanting that right now off bat and he may not want any of these jobs like he may just sit back let me take a year off let me get uh Redone because I actually at the beginning of the year because we we've all known Harson was going to get fired with the way Boise State was going I was like man if they fire him they could just get Harson right back and exactly. just thing going again I don't think that happens now because Boise State's been playing really good football since they made the change in offensive coordinator but um he'll find another job I still believe he's a good football coach he was a he won a ton of games at Boise State um just just not a right fit I think he's more of a, a West Coast kind of guy. Um, you got any thoughts on Harson, or you want to get into who we think could be up for the job? Yeah, I mean, I think Harson. I mean, I feel bad for the guy because I do think he's a good head coach. I mean, I remember what he did coming from Boise State. It was magnificent. 
honestly. Like, he had a very good tenure at Boise State, and I thought he was going to be really, really good. But here's the thing, and we'll dig into this a little bit more whenever we talk potential candidates. The thing with Auburn is if the boosters are not bought into you from the jump, you will not have any control over that program. You will not you will not be able to set yourself up for success at that program. And from day one, he was always a step behind the eight ball because they were never bought in. They were not their first choice. They wanted Lane Kiffin. Hugh Freeze was up there. All this other stuff. And they ended up with Brian Harson, and they just didn't buy in after that. They tried to cause a scandal to get him, get him out of there. I felt bad for him because – Auburn is the hardest job in the country to coach at. I firmly believe that. And whenever the program, the school isn't even bought into you, how can they expect you to succeed? So I feel bad for him, but hey, take your $15 million buyout, relax a little bit. There's going to be plenty of jobs opening up. And this offseason and probably after 2023, he will find another coaching job somewhere, and I think he will be good anywhere else but Auburn. All right, so I guess let's dive into who we think could be up for it. I think the two – I want to see if your memory is good here. So when we started this podcast, one of our first conversations before the show was we just were, we were going in all over the place. We were talking about this and I told you the, 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 the phrase Hugh freeze, Auburn head coach or Auburn head coach, Hugh freeze had a ring to it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, the two names I think that are going to be brought up more than anything is Lane Kiffin and Hugh freeze. I think Kiffin would be a home run. I, I it just, I does is old is Auburn a clearly better job than Ole Miss? I think it is, but I could see why he's comfortable there. It would take a fortune to, to if I was him, I would make them pay me a ton. Honestly, no, because I mean, look at what he did at Ole Miss. I mean, granted, I think Auburn has a little bit more high school. They have a better high school recruiting pool to pick from. But also look what look what Kiffin did in the portal. He went and got a, a Zach Evans. He Jackson Dart. I don't think he's lived up to his potential yet, but he still went and got a better quarterback than anybody Auburn has on their roster right now. Um, you still have you went and got Georgia Tech's um, edge rusher. That yeah, is Jared Ivy. Yeah, you got Jared Ivy. So even if I think you could recruit better out of high school at Auburn, yes but you can get more seasoned, more developed players out of the transfer portal a little bit easier out of a place like Ole Miss, and that's exactly what he did. I don't think he would do that because here's the thing. If he's at Ole Miss, he can still be a thorn in the side of Nick Saban. If he's at Auburn, he's going to have to face the full wrath of Nick Saban at the end of every year. As much smack as Kiffin talks, and I think he could revitalize the culture at Auburn, I don't think he wants that. He he has a way of teasing Saban he loves Saban. I think Saban loves him, but he has a way of coming at Saban. But also, I don't think he wants to be on the other side of the full wrath of Saban at the same time. So I don't think he would do it. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of torn there because, like, I guess it's like, is building a team through the portal every year sustainable? Like, that's my biggest question because I still think you need to be recruiting is just the biggest difference yeah. I think in a lot of programs you know Ohio State Georgia Alabama Clemson like they all recruited a super high level and I'm not knocking what Kiffin's done yeah. I just I think that shows okay can Ole Miss recruit us and, and here's the thing Hugh Freeze did it now it cost Hugh Freeze but Hugh Freeze did get some classes at yeah. Ole Miss so I guess let's transition to Hugh Freeze before we open the floor a little bit because 
I remember when Tennessee's job come open and his name started to get connected to it. And if I remember this correctly, didn't Greg Sankey kind of step in and say, like, he's not coming back to his conference? Like, yeah. does that happen again here if, if that's the direction Auburn wants to go? I think, I think so. I, I think so. Because here's the thing, Hugh Freeze was at the top of the list for Auburn last year, before, or the year before they even hired uh, Harson. He was at the top of the list then, didn't get the job. He's at the top of the list now, I don't think he gets the job. I don't think he gets – I would be surprised if Hugh Freeze is a head coach at Auburn. Like, I know I've said it, like, it has a – I've always thought that would be a place he ends up at, but I don't know, just the more I think about it, I just don't – I think he wants to be in the SEC again. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, and and, and – Hugh Freeze is a good football coach. I don't think he's a great human being, to be honest, but I, I think he, he he knows his football, so that that's what matters. And that's so with, with that being said, now that we've discussed those two and you know exactly who I'm about to bring up, but just hear me out. I'm going to lay it out for you in a way that makes sense. So we talked about transfer recruiting. We talked about high school recruiting. We talked about character of a coach. We talked about how they can bring a culture back. We talked about how the school has to buy into him for the for him to succeed. There is one name that I think can overcome any of those any any of those aspects, and that is Dion Sanders. Because hear me out, there you still got to think about NIL, and mm-hmm. I think NIL is going to control recruiting for the foreseeable future. And there's nothing anybody can do to stop it. Auburn has the boosters to fund that legally now. I think, and even without that, and here's the thing, Lane Kiffin, I think he would need the boosters to buy in to be able to recruit at Auburn. Hugh Freeze, I don't think, you don't just look at a a top 30, top 40 high school recruit, you don't hear any of them saying, oh yeah, if Hugh Freeze is the coach at Auburn, I'll flip my commitment right now. You don't hear that. Without any NIL, without any uh, advocation from the boosters, without any of that, you already got top 25, top 20 kids saying, if Deion Sanders is the next head coach at Auburn, I'd flip my, my commitment today. I've read that all over the place. So you have culture, you have NIL, you have recruiting. Who is one man that can bring all of that full circle despite the boosters, despite the location of where Auburn's at, despite who you got to go against? Who is one guy that can overcome all of that? I think it's Deion Sanders. They have to give him a call. I, yeah. I, I do think you have to yeah. interview Dion. Yeah. I'm so no, and Dion will have Dion will have a way of persuading it to where he will get the money he wants. That's so there. that's the thing. And that's why I've always thought like I know the natural connections to, to Georgia Tech and the city of Atlanta and, and, and things like that. And it was just yep. I don't think a school like Georgia Tech can give Dion what Dion's gonna want to want to do the things he does. But I Auburn, very can. Can. they just have Auburn can. Um, yeah. I, and I, what better name than buy I'm, in to a guy that hasn't had an SEC debut? We've seen the other two prospects in the SEC already. What better guy to bring in with a fresh slate? Deion Sanders. Yeah. It's, I would, that would be fascinating. That would yeah. be absolutely crazy. I, I, I'm still torn on whether. I think Dion should get a power five opportunity. I I don't know if Auburn's going to be the one because you have to admit all the things you just said are true. It's risky. It's, 
it's risky because it's a different ball game at, at, at the at the bigger level. I think Dion could do it. I, I really do. I yeah. um that would be that would be insane. Oh my god. I think it just makes sense to me because think about who they're going against. Lane Kiffin, I don't think he wants to play Kirby Smart and Nick Saban every year. I don't think he wants that. Dion, on the other hand, he's talking about getting HB, his HBCU school playing against them. He wants that competition. He wants that fire. He wants to play the best of the best. You need that. Now, Auburn, they have a culture problem there. A culture can galvanize around that. The campus would be live around Deion Sanders. It just makes sense. It really does. In my head, it makes sense. So before you went on all that, I was going to ask you um... – it feels like because of the, how the Harson thing went, like they're—I feel like they're going to hire a recruiter slash SEC guy, right? Yeah, like that's so. I guess we'll go kind of rapid fire here and name some candidates. Maybe we think could be in the mix. I, you want to know somebody that this would kill them, and I would hate it for them, honestly. Who who's having a real good year has plenty of has an SEC experience and is a really good recruiter, Dan Lanning. Um. That would suck for Oregon fans, but that he fits all the proto, he fits all the stereotypes that Auburn's going to want to want. Um, he has a really good recruiting class at Oregon. You got five star quarterback Dante Moore in there. Like that, that's one I thought could, I think you could hear his name thrown around, especially if Oregon keeps winning. Um, another SEC guy I'll throw out there, Dave Aranda. Um, obviously, his time at LSU, uh, he knows the SEC well. He's a good, re- he, he's recruited well at Baylor, like as good as you can recruit for Baylor, I think. Um, and he's done it. He's a, he, Dave, we know Dave Aranda's a really good coach, like I, I think. Um, also, I think we're leaving out a big one. I think Matt Rule could come down and go to Auburn. I don't I'd see that, but what we just said that he is a good recruiter, but he also likes process and development. Yeah. He is all about. He has never really had to recruit at a big time level because, like, like I said, with Baylor, you have to recruit, but you're not expected to recruit it. Like Auburn wants to recruit with Alabama and Georgia. Yeah. I, I think Matt Rule is a very good football coach. If I was Auburn, I would consider Matt Rule. I don't think Auburn fans or boosters would want Matt Rule. Or bring back Kevin Steele from Miami. He was their interim. I mean, yeah, I know, but like, he knows it. He knows the place. He knows the system. He knows what it takes. And also, uh, let me see what you think about this. I know we got to wrap this up kind of quick, but I've seen it floated out on candidate list. Chip Kelly. I don't think that works. I don't think that Kelly has talked about how he doesn't like recruiting. Yeah. And in the Remember, SEC, he had a chance to go to both Florida and Tennessee yeah. and he chose UCLA for a reason. Like yeah. there, there's a reason he's there and not. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else that – um, Jamie, Jamie Chadwell, That's literally the name that was coming out of my mouth. I, I think Jamie Chadwell is a great coach. I, I think Georgia Tech would be foolish not to try to get him to be their head coach. I, I just don't group a five coach. You just hired one in Harson. I know Chadwell's been in the Southeast more, but yeah. I just don't think that would please I mean, Honestly, maybe Jeff Grimes, offensive coordinator from Baylor. I mean, he was the, offensive, he was the offensive line coach for Gene Chiswick in their championship run. So, I mean, maybe him. That to me is if you struck out on all the, if it, that to me says Auburn has a problem though because yeah. like if Auburn is striking out on all these coaches and okay let's see if Jeff because Jeff Grimes I would almost definitely say takes the job if he was offered it but um, yeah. we'll see there's six open head coaching jobs now Auburn um, Wisconsin Nebraska Georgia Tech Colorado Arizona State so we'll we'll see what happens with those but that'll do it for this episode we wrapped up by Franklin's talk to Auburn head coaching job. 
I'm Jackson Caldwell. Go check out all the work at All Yellow Jackets for all your Georgia Tech needs. That is Kobe Reed. We are out. Thank you.